Welcome to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast, a magical place where your host, Heather Danielle, psychic medium, will bring the mystical woo-woo world down to earth in practical ways. Tune in every Monday for your weekly reading and on Wednesdays to hear fascinating conversations with spiritual experts, uplifting stories, and deep dives into the metaphysical world, all to help you tap into the invisible guidance that's all around you. It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy. The conversation is starting now. I am really happy that you're here because I am doing something that I have never done before, and that is kind of give you a lifer update um, about me personally and some things that have been going on in my personal life. And I really felt that I should do this because it's going to help you see like how I navigate some of these crazy trying times and then also how spirit works with me during these times and also how some of the things that have happened is really going to change you know some of the things that I do spiritually speaking so I just want to say thank you so much for being here and we're just going to dive right into it and I'm going to start off first by the major thing that happened recently and that is my husband hasn't been feeling well for a few weeks now but you guys know how guys are sometimes you know my husband would be like I can't really take a deep breath you know can you take a deep breath and it's just like yeah I can I don't know I guess I can like I don't know like can everybody take a deep breath on demand I don't know and he's like I feel so like fat and you know when I go to tie my shoes and stuff like that it feels weird and I'm just like okay honey I don't even know what to tell you you know maybe you gained a couple of pounds you know maybe you didn't digest your food right like there's so many things well, anyways, on um, Christmas, you know, we were having a good time and everything else. We just stayed home, just the three of us with me, my husband, and then my son came and he stayed the night. And so on Christmas, we were just sitting there chilling and everything else. And my, my son decided to go back to, you know, his place and everything. And my husband's like, hey, let's go for a walk. Now we go for walks from time to time. That is just kind of our thing. This is what we do. It's kind of what we're known for, if you will. And we don't really walk fast. In fact, you know, my husband's like, wow, you really walk slow because I'm trying to enjoy the moment. I don't do it for cardio purposes. So I'm like, I'm just like chilling. Well, he starts telling me a little bit more about what's going on with him and his symptoms and things like that. And as we're walking, I'm realizing that he can't even keep up on this conversation while walking. Like he has done hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times with me. He is like short-winded. He's out of breath. It's like he is really, really out of shape. And I have been trying to get him into shape. So in case you don't know, like I am training for a bodybuilding competition. I am trying to get in, you know, to really good shape. I'm probably in the best shape I have been in a long time. I have a lot, I have more muscle on me than I ever had in my life, you know? So I've been trying to get him, you know, to be healthy and things like that. In fact, like he went on the treadmill a couple of times um, in the last week or so. And yeah, because I'm like, dude, you know, put up the incline on the treadmill. Let's get going, you know. And my husband is 10 years old than me. And so I'm 40 and he is 50. So anyways, that was really concerning. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, this is getting kind of weird. Um, I was like, I think that we definitely need to go to the doctors tomorrow. And mind you, this is on Christmas. So Christmas, you know, is still happening at this moment. And that's when I realized we brought home leftovers from Christmas Eve from his mom's house. And he did not eat it all. Like he did not eat. Like there was pizza, there was pierogies and sausages and all sorts of things. And he didn't eat any of it. 
I'm like, okay, something is wrong that his appetite is down. And so anyways, you know, um, he's starting to get really, really concerned because he's having a lot more of these other symptoms that we told, I told you about and some of them that I haven't told you about. And what ended up happening is the next morning he was like, I think we need to go to the ER. And I'm like, whoa, okay, this is crazy that he's saying that because he's, you know, not very melodramatic. He's very level-headed usually. And so we ended up going into the ER. And so we spent the whole entire day after Christmas in the ER. It was like freaking crazy. Um, and they did find out that one of his lungs is partially collapsed. And since then, we've also found out that his diaphragm um, looks like it's paralyzed right now. So we really don't have a bunch of answers, still waiting on more tests. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up to you was because when the doctor came in and was listening to his lungs, it was so crazy because the doctor is like, okay, yeah, this lung is good. And then he's like, your other lung, he was like, it, it's, he's like, I know something's wrong with this lung without even, you know, doing the tests and things like that. He did it with a stethoscope. And as soon as the doctor said that, I almost blurted out, oh my God, I was telling him the same thing. And I knew what was going to happen is that as soon as I said, oh my God, I told him the same thing about his lungs, the doctor was going to be like, oh, how did you know? And then I'm going to say, oh, because I'm psychic. Because a couple months ago, I told my husband, I don't know how or why or anything like that. I just remember, like I accidentally connected to his body. And I told him, I'm like, whoa, I was like, one of your lungs is bigger than the other. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's the reason why that sometimes it's hard for you to breathe. And I was getting like, I don't know what else I got, to be honest with you, because I didn't write it down. So anytime that you get any hunches like this, if you get any psychic insight, you have got to write them down because I'm regretting not writing it down. I thought that I said something about like he was born with it, but it was so crazy because it was so obvious to me that one of his lungs was bigger than the other that night that I told him. And I totally forgot about this, but he knew and he remembered. So as soon as the doctor left, I was like, oh my God, I freaking told you that one of your lungs was bigger than the other. And guess what? One of them is bigger than the other because part of it is freaking collapsed and he was like well that was a couple months ago he was like did you predict this and I was like I'm, I'm not much of a predictor to be honest with you just because there's so much free will involved with everything it's really really hard to do predictions because at any moment things can freaking change you know like I you know the classic thing that psychics tell you I can tell you the path that you're on now but it's going it could it could change it could alter like you just never know I always think that God creator spirit is always keeping us on on our toes. So I'm not really good predictor. But I said to him, I'm like, hey, the I don't know. I don't think that it was a prediction. I think it started happening back then. And it was nuts. And I just thought that was so cool that I had to share it with you. I will keep you posted. But if you are someone who is looking into getting more you know in tuned with your spiritual connection, your psychic connection and that kind of thing, tune in. My husband's name, I will tell you, it is Tony. So see if you can connect to Tony and then see if you write down what you think it is. And then I will keep you abreast of the situation. And then you can always see if you were right. So a lot of times, like people that I know and that I train and everything else to connect with psychic and mediumship and all these other things, a lot of times they want to get involved into forensic cases, you know, and crimes and stuff like that. And I always say, like, you know, you can always give the information to the authorities. But a lot of times, you know, if you're not 
not involved in that kind of energy a lot and trained in it, you could be getting misinformation. But a really good way to practice is to work on cases that have already been solved and you don't know the answer or to tune in now with the situation and then uh, basically monitor the situation and then see if you were correct on the outcome. So when someone goes missing and things like that and it's all over the news, tune in, you know, did you get, what are you getting? What are, is this, what is that? And then keep that information to yourself and then what will happen is that once the case progresses, you can see if you are actually correct or not. And then if you keep on having these times where you're correct, you're correct, you're, ac- you're correct, and you're cor- accurate all the time, then that is going to tell you that you are, you know, on to something with some of your abilities and that kind of thing. And that is how you practice with psychic and mediumship all of the time. You keep on practicing until you're like, okay, yeah, I got this. I know what this is. I know what that is. And I'm usually, I'm really good at it. You know, not everybody is going to be perfect coming out of the gate. There are some people that are more naturally inclined to be, you know, more accurate and gifted and with more details than other people. And that kind of brings me to my next point is how this is changing my spiritual work is some dots were connected um, that day in the hospital and they're still connecting now. But my spiritual journey did start when my grandmother passed away. But the biggest thing that drove me into the spiritual realm was getting sick. And that's when I wrote the book, you know, Anxiety Angels. That's why I wrote the book of is, you know, about my trials and stuff like that, getting sick and then turning into my spiritual world, you know, finding out that I'm not sick, I'm psychic and that kind of thing. But I have always dealt with health issues. I'm not sure if you have, but I have always dealt with health issues. I, when I was born, I spent my first Christmas in the hospital. I was born September 30th. Um, I had pneumonia when my mom walked in. She's seen a priest standing over me. She thought that the priest was giving me my last rites. And I always think about that time because I'm like, wow, did that priest bless me a little bit too much? I don't know. Or, you know, did that blessing the priest give me, you know, did that really help me through some of those times of my life? Like, you know, or is that the reason why that, you know, a lot of other bad things didn't happen to me and things like that was because he called upon like the angels and God to help me out, um, especially when I was so young. And now I know that I started having narcolepsy from a very young age, from probably at least the age of seven, if not before then. And that just had a ripple effect in a lot of my health things to where, you know, I was not just narcoleptic, but then I started um, going in and out of the hospital a lot when I was a teenager, you know, and I've always had very weird medical things happen to me. So like when I was in the hospital with mono, which doctors have never seen a case of mono get so bad, it had to be hospitalized, but my throat was almost closing completely up. And also I couldn't sleep. And so if you know mono, mono is nicknamed the sleeping disease. I did not sleep. They had to give me sleeping pills. The sleeping pills didn't work. I was up 24 seven. And that's what ended up happening. I just kept on getting sick and I wasn't getting better. They thought I had cancer when I was a teenager and leukemia and all these things just started compiling. And when I finally got into my late 20s is when I started having the seizures. And that just led into more other things. And then once I got done with the seizures, then something else happened. And then I had, you know, ovarian cancer and I had hysterectomy, um, like right after my 30th birthday. And things just kept on happening. In fact, they still keep on happening. So if you 
know me at all, <laughs> then you know that I've had like three surgeries in nine months, just like a year and a half ago or so, you know, cubital tunnel, Achilles surgery. I've had also the hysterectomy. And then I had the, I think it's called an upolatomy or something like that. That's where they took out my other ovary and what they thought was a cancerous tumor growing again, five years later on my ovary. There's a reason why I'm telling you all this stuff. I am completely interested in health. And I have gotten off of all of my medications from Prozac and my Xanax and all of those types of pills. I have Crohn's as well. So I got off all my Crohn's medications by using food and diet. I went ahead and I decreased a lot of my stress, my anxiety and things like that, you know, through my spiritual work, like, you know, meditation, the yoga, calming, mindfulness, those kinds of things. And I've also gotten off of my seizure medications. I was on some of the highest dosages of Keppra. If you guys know what that is, it's 2,500 milligrams. I think I was on or 3,000. Um, and so I am on like no medications right now. And that is because I've always used health. I've always used diet and things like that to help me out. Um, I am not saying that's what you should do. I am not a doctor. I'm not saying that's what you should do, but I'm just telling you that health has always been a really big part of me. And I am one of them that always talks about you need to have a clear vessel in order to channel spirit, you know, accurately. And with this going on with my husband and me getting such a great hit with his lungs, that's when I realized that I need to really move forward and learn more about medical mediumship. So you might have heard of the medical medium, you know, Anthony, you know, I forgot his last name right now. You're probably screaming it at me. But so he is a medical medium. And what he does is he's able to connect to people's bodies and tell them what's wrong. Now he started at a very, very young age. And he had this spirit come through um, called the spirit of compassion, which is like one of the highest vibrating things ever, you know, beings, if you want to call it that. Ever, and they practice a lot. So he would go to cemeteries and he would practice connecting on how this person died and how that person died and what was wrong with them and things like that. And he trained himself. Now he says that he's the only one. Well, he might be the only one that can do it on the scale that he does it and those kinds of things, but there are other medical mediums. And what's really funny though is. I have been trying to find a good medical medium. There's many people that come to me through readings and things like that that have medical issues and they don't know what's going on. And I've been trying to find really good medical mediums. And these are people that are really in tune with the body and they know like the organs and blah, 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 blah. And they've been trained and everything else. And I haven't been able to find one. And it wasn't until Christmas Day when I realized, oh my God, it's because I'm meant to be one. And that holds a big responsibility, but I have to tell you, I'm extremely excited about it because now I know what a like collapsed lung kind of feels like. And I know what some of the things that I went through feels like. So now I need to practice that because basically what I can do is that I can connect to someone's energy and then I can basically sort through their energy and then find how their element feels to me. And then it's almost like calibrated. So then if I feel that same vibrational frequency with somebody else, then I know it's probably the same thing. And now I need to practice. Kind of like what I just told you about with the forensics and those kinds of things. It's like you have to keep on practicing to see if you're good at it. And that's what I need to do. So I am telling you this because I may be asking for your help.
because I am wanting to practice this. And I can go ahead and get trainings and things like that from maybe some other medical mediums. And maybe I will do that. But right now, I definitely feel I have to find my own way through this. And that is going to be by finding people with particular unequivocal diagnosed things that are stereotypical to that disease, that ailment, so that I can learn like how that feels within the body so that I can detect it in other people's bodies. And what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start creating basically my own spiritual language slash dictionary. And then I'm going to know this is what a vitamin D deficiency looks like. This is what lupus. This is what paralyzed lung looks like. This is what this looks like and that looks like. And then I'm going to be able to create that little dictionary and really hone in on my frequencies so that I can be able to be like, okay, this is what this person has. Or at least give them some insight on what could possibly be wrong. And it's so funny because once you finally connect the dots, all of a sudden you start seeing all these other dots that can be connected. Like for example, I've I've had a couple of readings recently and they were like, oh my gosh, Heather, we came to your coffee and cards thing. So the coffee and cards is on 9 a.m. on Sundays, right? And they're like, you did a reading for me and you told me like all this stuff that was wrong with me medically and blah, 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 blah. And guess what? I went to the doctors and you are completely right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And that is just seeing someone's name you know, during coffee and cards, like in the comments. So like, what if I could really tune in with them? Or, or what if I can do it the spiritual way, but also with all my knowledge that I have gained over the years about health, and I'm going to continue to learn about. So for example, sometimes like I read books on just breathing. I've read books on just vitamin D. I've read books on just like magnesium. Isn't that weird? Like I probably, I probably read every single one of the um, medical mediums books, but it's so crazy because I am fascinated with this. Like anytime that there is a book out about a certain vitamin or a mineral and things like that, like I am about it. And I'm like, who else does this? Do you do it? I really want to know if you do that. Um, but anyways... I really wanted to share that with you because like I said, I'm going to probably ask you for your help. I'm going to be going down this new journey that I'm really excited about too. And then maybe too, this might inspire you for some of those aha moments that you've been having. And then you might be like, Hey, I really need to do this. Okay. I'm not done with you yet. I have a couple more stories that I had to tell you about what's happened and it's freaking crazy. So the first thing I have to talk about is my aunt Les. I love my aunt Les. She's my only surviving aunt. She was best friends with my aunt Judy and my mom before they passed and she had car issues. And now this was like a couple months ago or whatever. And my son and I went over to see if we could help out. And I remember my aunt being like, oh my God, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. I can't afford anything being wrong. And I'm like, aunt, less, just shush, stop talking that way. Pray, 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 pray. I was like, pray that we can find out what's wrong with the car and pray that it won't be very expensive. My aunt is broker than a joke. She has no money, those kinds of things. Obviously, I was going to pick up the tab for her, but I also didn't want to have to spend, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars or thousand dollars or junk the freaking car, right? So I told her, I was like, Auntie, this is your moment to trust in God, to ask him for help, to know that mom, Aunt Juju, Aunt Betty, Uncle Dale, you know, Uncle Jim, all of them are here for you. Ask them for help. You, They cannot intervene without your permission. So I want you to ask them, to, please help Mason fix my car. Please help it be, you know, flick fixable and cheap and all these things. And I'm like, you just stay inside the house. We're going to do all the work. And I was like, you just pray. That is your only job. And not to worry and trust that this is going to work out. 
And so me and Mason were working on the car a little bit, went to the junkyard, got a couple things and came back and we had fixed her car for basically under $20. It should have been like four or $5, but I got a couple extra items just in case, you know, it wasn't it. So less than $20, we fixed her car. And when I walked into that apartment, I was like, see auntie, I was like, it works. It works prayer works, asking your past loved ones for help. I was like, and now you had just worried yourself sick for days. And now look, like, I hope that this is a lesson for you. And in the power of prayer and the power of how our loved ones can be there for us. Now, just this past freaking weekend, right before Christmas, my uncle Bob's car stops working. Now, my Uncle Bob and my Aunt Les are my only aunts and uncles that are left. I'm like, Uncle Bob, oh my gosh. Uncle Bob's like, yeah, just tell me I need to junk it. I'm just going to junk it. I'm just going to junk this car, right? And so, and so here me and Mason are again, you know, like looking at his car and everything. And it there was a lot wrong with this car, a lot wrong with it. And we kept on going in and asking him questions about when it stopped working and this and this and this and this. Um, and I, I'm like looking at him and he's just so pessimistic. He's like, I just need to junk the car. I'm going to junk it. And, you know, I don't even know why, you know, I even asked you guys to come here. Like I, I, I bought it a couple years ago for really, really cheap. It had a good run. And I am like, stop. And you know what I did, right? I told him, I'm like, your job is to pray. And it was so funny because my aunt Marcy and aunt Leslie were there. And I was like, Hey, you guys all pray. Okay. Pray that we can get this fixed and pray that it's cheap. Or if not, my uncle Bob would have to walk, you know, several miles back and forth to work. And, you know, he's getting older, so it's not, you know, the greatest for him in a way, but you know, exercise doesn't hurt, but you don't want your uncle, you know, walking back and forth to work, right? He, he works hard enough. So anyway, I'm like, your guys' job is to pray. So me and Mason are out there doing our little thing, going back and forth, went to the store, came back. And guess what? We got the car running, got the car running. And can you guess, do you want to intuitively pick up how much it cost? All right, you ready? All right, the car was fixed for $15, technically less than $15, but guess what? I went ahead and I got some extra things. Maybe I should stop doing that, buying extra things. Yes, so it basically only cost, what was it? Yeah, maybe $10 or so to fix the car. So when I went back in, guess what? They got a lecture from me about the power of prayer, the power of positive thinking, the power of thinking on the better side instead of the sad side. And honestly, I think it's their kind of generation. They come from that generation where it's like they were pessimistic. I don't know if that's true though, but they are in their 60s and 70s. So I wonder if your family is like that too, if it's a generational thing or is it just their family thing? Um, because I know that my grandma and my grandpa father were very pessimistic and so I just thought that was kind of funny and I wanted to share that with you too because it's like two for two, man. Two for two, fixing cars for less than freaking 20 bucks, right? So I wanted to tell you that and I wanted to tell you one more thing. I am going to share this on Instagram, but you guys, oh my God, this is like so freaking cool because to me, it's like no matter how many signs I get from the other side, no matter how many readings that I do, how many whatever that I do. It's just insane to me the kind of signs that our past loved ones are able to give us from the other side. I'm like, how is this freaking even allowed? Okay, so, okay, here we go. 
you might have heard me talk about my Instagram and Facebook stories that one night I was sleeping and when I turned over my phone glue really fast so it glowed it it went on for a split second okay and I remember laying there looking at it being like why the heck did my phone just glow it shouldn't glow the only time that it glows is when I get a text message and things like that and then I started thinking to myself well Heather maybe you got a text message and I'm like I I didn't though like I could feel it I could feel that this was a sign from a past loved one and it wasn't a text message or something like that but I finally I couldn't contain myself and I picked up my phone and I went ahead and I went through it there was no text messages there was no nothing I was like okay this is freaking weird and then my husband's like oh well maybe it was fully charged finally and it just glued to let you know that it was fully charged and I'm like yeah but this was like four and a half five hours into the night my phone would have been charged like after an hour so this is not making any sense and so what ended up happening was I looked at the clock and the clock said 1:15. So I reached out to my aunt Les and I was like, "Hey Auntie Les, do you know anybody who was born on January 15th?" And she's like, "No, I don't." She was like, "But James, my cousin, um he was born on January 14th." And I'm like, "Oh my god, because it took me so long to look at the clock." I'm pretty sure the clock said 114. But since I sat there and I debated and everything else and I didn't look at the clock right away, it might have switched over to 115. So anyways, I go ahead and I go to my phone to like talk to my cousin James or whatever like that. And then I see that about a week prior to this, I asked him what his birthday was, but he never messaged me back. So I have a freaking screenshot of my freaking phone that says James cousin. And then it says, when's your birthday? And that was like November 30th. And I'm like, okay, this is that that's kind of weird, coincidental. I don't know. I don't have enough information. And so anyways, I had found two coins inside of my closet on the floor out of nowhere. And one of them was 2022. And that is my Aunt Betty, right? She's the only one that I know that has a connection to 2022 because that is the year that she passed away. And then there was this other coin. And I didn't remember the year on it. But I just remember thinking, Heather, keep it. Put it on your desk and it's going to make sense later on. So I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. Put it on my desk. That's it. So now we're, I'm going to the family gatherings for Christmas and stuff like that. And I see James and I start talking to him about what I just told you about. And he's like, oh my God, I totally think that this is mom and dad, you know, 100%. And then he was like, I had to move and everything else. And life's been tough. So probably that's the reason why that they are reaching out to him. So a couple of more days go by. And now this is yesterday. I am like, okay, um, getting ready to go in the shower and everything. And I keep on thinking about signs from past loved ones. In fact, I put a post on Instagram right after that. I remember about the coin. I don't remember what year it was. And so I remember that James told me that his birthday was January 14th, 1988. 1988. And guess what? You guys, I walked over to my desk. I picked up the coin. I'm freaking looking at it right now. That coin has a date on it of 1988. Oh my God, I just got chills. I just got chills. I was freaking the F out yesterday. I was like talking to my husband. I called up James. I called up Aunt Leslie. I was like, you guys, this is a freaking crazy story. Like, oh my God, this is unequivocal doubt that freaking Aunt Betty is reaching out to him. And it was so funny because on the Instagram post that I had just posted, you know, um, about signs from loved ones, there was a sign from my Aunt Betty in there. 
like there was a freaking stocking okay there was a stocking with the name Betty on it and grandma my grandma's name is also Betty but for some reason it felt weird and different because my grandma never brings up the name Betty and then guess what that was the only stocking with any name on it by the way and then who named Betty is buying freaking stockings nobody is naming their kid Betty right now okay there shouldn't be any stockings out called Betty Betty's are probably 80 90 years old right now and they don't need stockings or maybe they do need stockings. But anyways, there was a Betty stocking on it. It's my Aunt Betty. And now I know that that was 100% her that lit up my freaking phone that night trying to get me in touch with James. So you know what I told James? I was like, hey, both of your parents are with you. Now it's time for you to start talking to them. You talk to them. You ask them. You start creating that language, you know, with them. And you can start off by saying, hey, mom, show me your name. Dad, show me your name. You know, the other day I was in the freaking grocery store and I went to go grab something, you know, out of like the freezer aisle or something like that. Just really quick, just ran over there really quick. At the same time that I run over there really quick, like I just said, this dad yells at his kid real quick. Hey, Lonnie, stop doing that. Lonnie? I go, first off, I was like, I was like, I was like your daughter's name is Lonnie? And he was like, no, it's my son. I'm like, your son's name is Lonnie? And he's like, yeah, Lonnie is my father's name. Lonnie is also my former name before it was Heather. So I told him, I'm like, hey, my name's Lonnie. My father's name's Lonnie. It works for a boy or a girl. But yeah. And you know what I know that is? I just know. I know that it's my mom trying to get me to reconcile with my dad a little bit more. Like, I don't know. Like, you know how it is. Like, Anyways, that's probably a different story for a different day. But like, what are the odds? Freaking Lonnie. When you get these signs, believe in them. Because the more that you believe in them, the more they'll freaking happen. Ever since I started telling people in spirit about the freaking coins and the years on the coins, they have been talking to me through the years on the coins. You can't make this up. Why wasn't that coin that I found 1989, 1990? Why was it 1987? It was 1988. His freaking birthday. That is freaking insane. I, like I said, I can't even believe that spirit allows this kind of thing to happen. Okay, so I will keep you updated with everything to do with hubby, with me, and blah, 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 and everything else like that. It might be better if you watch it over on Instagram stories or Instagram Facebook if you're interested in that. But I just hope that this inspires you. I hope that it shows you that your past loved ones are all around as well. And then, I don't know, I just hope that it helps you. And thank you for sharing this time with me. And guess what? I am going to be seeing you on Sunday for Coffee and Cards. It is on. It is what going to be the last Coffee and Cards for 2023 um and if i don't see you then then i will see you on monday right back here thanks for tuning in to the spiritual af life podcast you'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up